25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah. <laughs> Come on with it. That's what I'm talking about. Turn up the volume. Hey, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Goat with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast, friendly service. And that's what you get at Farm Bureau. Welcome into the show. Staying connected to you around the clock here on the show because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired at C Spire. More on them in a bit. Look at here. It's Monday. Monday, Monday. Don't you love it? Yep. All right. So it is Monday. Lots to get to. But a little house cleaning first. I don't know why we call it that. Housekeeping. House cleaning. Housekeeping. I don't know. But you get the point. Uh, Internal stuff. (laughs) First, Beaver is here. Roger's going to be here later as far as we know. But Beaver's here right now. Hey, Beaver. Hey, Matt Wyatt. How was it having Chris back with you in the new time slot prior to this show? How was it? It was... Yeah. It was something. It, it was remarkably similar. <laughs> Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 very similar to the uh, old twelve to two, just a different time. Now, the one thing I did notice a whole new ball game yeah. getting here <laughs> earlier because I walk out our sales area here. It's humming. I hear multiple sales people on the phone. Jake's voice is sticking out of mm-hmm. all of them. Mm-hmm. But there's there's life in the building that isn't really here at noon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um yeah, it's it's that's right. Different times of day, it feels different. You know, it just does. That's why I like you know, I'm a really early riser in the mornings, always have been. And um I, I just can't handle it. Whether it's vacation or not, I, I can't handle waking up at like eight o'clock. Because if the whole world feels different at eight o'clock than it does at four thirty, you know? Like at four thirty, you have the whole world to yourself, basically. <laughs> so you're right. I can see how that you know would be different. Like, you know, you you're usually walking in when everybody else is walking out, aren't you? When you were getting mm-hmm. on the air at noon. Yep. Now yep, you got can- a lot of people like going to lunch, starting their afternoon sales calls. Uh huh. You get it here nine in the morning. That's a whole new ball game. Right. Felt rejuvenated. You think salespeople ever? Say, hey, I'm going out to make a few sales calls, and and they just go play golf. Oh, of course, <laughs> Matt. Let let's be honest here. They're they're pulling that sometimes. Yeah, gotta yeah. be. But some are, 
We're not pointing any fingers at anyone individually. We just know it happens. Like, for instance, I can't remember. It was either a sales manager in the past or a salesperson in the past that had this thing about um, you could you could always tell. I think it was a sales manager that said this time of year he used to always look closely at the hands and wrists of his salespeople, Beaver, because if one was going out and playing a lot of golf, he could always tell from day to day because one hand's not going to have a tan on it because they're wearing a golf glove. <laughs> so the secret is if you're a salesperson and you're slipping out and going and playing golf a lot, don't wear a golf glove because it because if you know if one hand is tan or dark and the other one's not, you're giving it away. You're giving it away. <laughs> Tricks of the trade. All right. Well, that's good. So good report. I got to listen to some of you guys, and um, again, I, I think it's really going to work out well uh, so far. The other thing, internal housekeeping here for uh, me and you, Beaver, is I can't see the call screen. So if somebody calls me on the Divini phone, the Divini equipment phone, just, I don't know, give me a heads up, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I'll, te- I'll, I'll text you. There you go. On the old, um, the old, uh, the, the old, as uh, Tony Kornhauser calls it, my Google machine. Yeah. <laughs> text me on the, the iPhone from C Spire. That'll work. Now, when we do that, what you need to do is go out and try to get a sponsor for your personal cell phone. Okay. It'll be just be coming from me, but yeah. then you can like say, "Hey, we got." Uh, Beaver tells me on the such and let's such. Let's use yeah, we'll use Burger King. Uh, yeah. We'll just throw random. But the Burger King Matt Wyatt cell phone. I can tell what's on your mind at twelve o'clock, right? <laughs> hey, I can actually eat lunch now. Matt yeah, Wyatt. I haven't been able to do that for a year. Well, and look. The first day Chris comes back to allow you to get out and go eat lunch, Roger has something to do, and, and you're not eating lunch, are you? Uh, no, I know. Right? <laughs> Man, the luck. See, the thing is, though, Beaver, I can't tell when you're being sarcastic or not. Like, because I kind of felt like you were sarcastically making fun of me having a sponsor attached to everything. No, 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 no. That's this business, right? Like, you want to have a sponsor attached to everything. Yeah. You want to have okay. a sponsor attached to the call screen. You want it attached to the, right. tw- the tweeter. Mm-hmm. I get it. Right. No, d- no, no sarcasm. Right. Okay. See, I'm scratching my head right now, which is brought to you by Bosley. <laughs> you know, all that stuff is BS, I think. Anyway, more on that later, another day. So, Beaver's in. Roger will be here later. And if you're tuning in, there's lots of ways that you can be a part of the show. So let me let me uh, tip you off to a couple real quick. First up, first up, text me on the text line, 885-ESPN. Got it? Repeat after me, 885-ESPN. If you need the number, it's 885-3776. Now, call me on the Divini phone, the aforementioned Divinity Equipment phone line. Here's a number, 995-1059. Divinity Equipment, Madison Ann and Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. So uh, let's see here. What are we? What are we? What am I getting? I'm getting a text message from MW247. 
that says, Matt, you can get away with stepping out on a golf games by wearing two gloves like in baseball. You remember that golfer on a PGA Tour um, a few years back? His name was Tommy Two Gloves. What was his name? Tommy Ganey? Tommy Ganey. Tommy Two Gloves from South Carolina. He's a big Gamecocks fan. And you remember he had a he wore two gloves. He had a very unorthodox golf swing, but it worked. He's very good. And he came up through that show. What was that reality show on a golf channel? Remember where they used to compete and whittle it down like these elimination shows, get it down to two people? What was that? Something breaks, something like the what was the name of that show? Ah, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, he came up through that. Yeah, Tommy Two Gloves. Let's see what Philip wants to talk about on the Divinity Equipment phone. Philip, what's up? Hey, Matt. Hey, just wondering if you could get me some information on MSU's girls basketball over yep. in Italy. When they may be, uh, or how we can watch that streaming. If I can't find anything online okay. on how to watch it uh, starting, I think Wednesday or whenever it is. As far as you're talking about, as like as far as watching it happen live, watching the games. Right. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, that's a good. Uh, that's a good point. I don't know that they have necessarily, you know, uh, put out any information where you can watch it online. Maybe you can. I will tell you this. You know, Brett Hudson and I, we work together uh, here, and he is very closely following it. He's doing podcasts on the Praise the Lord and Talk the Dogs, you know, podcasts and stuff while they are in Italy. He tweeted a little bit ago um, some links. He on Twitter, Brett is Brett underscore Hudson. And about three hours ago, he tweeted some links for you if you're interested in women's basketball. And then there was an attached tweet there that says um, they're taking on Japan today. And the game, according to this time frame, at the time we're talking here, Philip, the game's already started like two hours ago. Right. It came on at 1030, I think, our time. It yeah. was just a fun, fun game that they were going to play with Japan. And uh-huh. the, uh, okay, so a friendly. on Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Let me see if I can find some TV information for you. If I get it, I'll turn it back around to you, okay? That'd be great. Thanks, All right, man. Matt. Appreciate you. Philip with the call there. Yeah, the women's basketball team for state, they're, they're playing uh, over there in Italy. They're there. They're playing today, a friendly, and then they like I say, the whole event starts later in the week. And uh, so if there's any TV info, I'll tr- try to find it. Uh, yeah, all right. So Kyle and Nick tweeting and texting. The name of that show on a golf channel was Big Break. Big Break. Tommy Two Gloves Ganey came up through Big Break. Show did. Mm-hmm. That was him, Two Gloves. Yeah, so if you put on Two Gloves, you have two non-tan hands. Then uh, maybe you can fool the boss. Three Hump Camel texts the show and says, I've never understood the need for golf gloves. If you can't play without that, either your club grip needs replaced or you're gripping the club too hard. Oh, heck, I don't know. I don't really care either. I don't care if you wear eight gloves or zero. I don't care if you play one-handed. None of you any good anyway. That's the thing about golf. It's just for fun. None of y'all are any good. All the good players are on a PGA Tour. 
Y'all out here breaking 90 and high-fiving. That ain't good. <laughs> I used to joke about that. No, and I'm, it really is joking because I totally understand it. It's all about, you know, where are you and improving your game, improving that handicap and having fun and spending time out there with your buddies. And I get all of it. But, like, you know, look, I'll be honest with you. In my 20s, out of school, I lived in Germany for a year, played ball, and then came home, got jobs. And for a long time, like my first job was at a local TV station doing sports. Then my hair fell out and I got into radio. Part That's basically a true story, but not sure they're related. <laughs> but during that time, you know, I'm working at a local TV station. I'm in my late 20s, single. My work schedule is 2 to 11 p.m. P.m. 2 to 11, yeah. And so I had plenty of time to play golf. So I played a lot of golf. Not that I was any good to begin with. I wasn't. But I practiced. had some ability. Hit it a long way, all this stuff. Practice, play, practice, play. It's just a good way to spend time. I had, I'd play golf five days a week. What I would do is I'd get up in the morning, go out there, play all morning, shower and eat lunch at the clubhouse and go straight to work. And I almost don't care who you are. You play that much golf, your scores are going to go down. It's like anything else, the more you do it. But you play that much golf, your score is going to go down, you're going to think you're good. And I actually got to the point where, you know, relatively low handicap. I'm scaring par every now and then, shooting par. The rare, you know, like the best in your life round once or twice where you break par. Yeah, did it. I think the best score I ever shot was a, a 369 at uh, Big Oaks in Tupelo. It's a par 72 course, great course. But again, you play that much, you're young, you're in your 20s, you're going to have some good scores. You know, and at some point I just looked at it and said, you know, in spite of all this, I'm still not any good compared to the guys who are really good at this. There's a level of this game I will never reach. <laughs> I'll never get there. And then your back starts hurting, and you get old, and you get married, and your priorities change, and you have a kid, and now you don't care about golf whatsoever. I don't even know that I have a complete set of golf clubs anymore. So I don't care if you wear eight gloves. Just play. <laughs> and you're right. Three-hump camel. You're not supposed to squeeze the club that hard anyway, are you? At least that's what they always said. <laughs> All right. Um, let me jump here because this is interesting. Um, Blake from the Out of Bounds show on my Twitter feed. Any word if Tommy Stevens would be wearing two gloves a la Peyton Manning in Denver, because if he did, we could call him Tommy, Tommy Two Gloves, couldn't we? Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I, I, but speaking of Tommy Stevens, he went to the Manning Passing Academy. Raise your hand if you followed that this past weekend. Did you know? Did you know about that? The Manning Passing Academy. You ever heard about that? So what they do is a lot of kids, all different ages, get to go to camp. They go to a quarterback camp, and so... What is it, one day, two days, three days? I don't know. But the kids go, and they're, while they're there, they learn tips from the Mannings and from the other counselors. And the other counselors at this quarterback camp are college quarterbacks that are invited to be there. And so, like, Matt Corral from Ole Miss was there. Tommy Stevens from State was there, and they work with the young kids. But they also, these college quarterbacks go through a lot, too. And they show off, and they throw, and... Their pro scouts go and everything. It's, it's just really this multi-layered thing. It's pretty cool. 
And not every college quarterback gets to go because you got to be invited to go, which means, you know, you're halfway decent if you get invited to go. And so uh, Matt Corral was there for Ole Miss. Tommy Stevens was there. I think his invitation was pre-transfer to Mississippi State. But now that he's at State, he still gets to go, Tommy Stevens. Um, Keaton Thompson not invited to go. He did not go. Well, I say invited. I don't know if he was invited or not. I just know he didn't go. Uh, and a whole bunch of others. They even have a fun event where they do a passing challenge, like accuracy and all this kind of stuff, and, and accumulate points and crown a um, Manning Passing Challenge champion. Say that five times fast. At the end of the week for the, one of the college QBs. And this year's winner of that was Jake Bentley from South Carolina. And again, it's just you're talking about going through drills and accuracy and timing and all that kind of stuff, and they're, you know, evaluated with it. But several things are, you know, stories emanating out of the Manning Passing Academy. One is that these two kids from Mississippi, Tommy Stevens from State and Matt Corral from Ole Miss, both look really good, throw the ball really well. Lots of people going, ooh and ah, and watching them throw. Uh, The the guys at the Clarion Ledger wrote about uh, Matt Corral, had quotes from Archie Manning. Let's see, quote, Matt at our throwing session yesterday looked really good. Unfortunately, he got sick this morning. I feel bad for him. He's so disappointed because he said he wanted to be here and compete. That's not really what this camp is about, competing, but I hope we can get him well so he can participate in camp. I think he's going to be a really good player. That's a heck of a quote right there from Archie Manning talking about Matt Corral. Eli Manning quote on Matt Corral. I've met Matt a few times before, but I got to see him throw yesterday. I came out, got to work with him and a bunch of the other quarterbacks yesterday. He's a good kid. He throws it really well, so I'm excited. I'm excited for Ole Miss and excited for him. That's the quote from Archie Manning. Uh, sorry, Eli Manning on Matt Corral. Uh, other stuff that is um, popping up. There were several media members there in attendance, covering it, watching it, tweeting things about the arm strength and uh, the the throwing ability of Tommy Stevens. I saw one of the media members there that said. You know, maybe the most impressive arm and arm strength there. Steven's a big guy. You know, he's 6'4", 220, and um, apparently impressed some people there throwing the ball around. On that note, on this Passing Academy thing, um, coming up in the second hour, if everything goes off without a hitch, a guy named Brian Broadus is going to be on this show. Um, <clears throat> I have... It, and not on this show, but in the past and other shows, I have interviewed Brian Broadus. He is with the Dallas Cowboys. He's in the building, but he's in a media capacity, okay? So he's a former scout in the NFL. I think he worked in Green Bay as a scout for many years. He's He's got some familiarity with Brett Favre and others. And Then he went over to Dallas. But he's with DallasCowboys.com. He does a lot of evaluation um if you want to call it journalism, and it's for Cowboys fans. He's on radio shows. He's on podcasts. He does writing for their website. He does film breakdowns, all that kind of stuff. Does a lot of draft analysis. and Anyway, so he's kind of a, a Cowboys guru 
at DallasCowboys.com. That's Brian Broadus, and y'all can follow him on Twitter. And so Brian is going to be on this show to start the second hour, again, if everything goes according to plan, because he was there. He went to the Manning Passing Academy. He saw it. And he's a guy who, I, in my experience of talking with Brian over the years, there ain't a whole lot of sugarcoating going on with him. Um, he just kind of flat out tell you good, bad, ugly, whatever. So we'll kind of see what he thinks. And I'm sure we'll have time, too, to also bounce a question or two off of him about Dak Prescott, Cowboys quarterback going into his what? Third year? Going into his third year? Yep. Is that right? Third or fourth year? Going into his fourth year, isn't he? Yeah. So anyway, uh, we've got the contract thing going on with Dak, but also they got OTAs going on, so we'll bounce a couple of questions off of Brian about that also. So that's coming up. That's a heads up. I look forward to that. I've never, you know, covered the Manning Passing Academy. I don't know. It's it's great. It's really cool. And it's very well done, very well respected. It's not football. I mean, it's football practice, but that's why, you know, a lot of times you can do well in drills and throw it around well, but the rubber meets the road when you put on shoulder pads and helmets and big guys come running at you trying to hurt you. That's, that's really where it gets separated. <laughs> But still, it's a cool thing to talk about this time of year, right? Hey, uh, this time of year also, ticket sales. How are they going? How are season ticket sales going at State and at Ole Miss? I will tell you next. Stick around. That makes me think Roger's back. Yes. I'm announcing my Roger! presence. Roger! The majestic red, red tail hawk. Do we know for sure that's a red tail hawk, or, can, or are we just to imagine and believe? We Welcome believe back, buddy. That's what we were told. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a little lighter. I just paid my roofer. Oh, okay. You're lighting yeah. your step. Yes, yes, yes. Real light. <laughs> With that said... If you would like to um, donate to the Roger, the Cynical Roger Fund, email. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He'd be all right. No, just drop it by. Just drop it on by, yeah. Bring it today, please. <laughs> Won't you, friends? There you go. There you go. All right, look. Have you – listen up. I got a pointed question for everybody listening. And, hey, Roger, just a heads up. If somebody calls me on the Divinity Equipment phone like Philip did earlier, just give me a heads up in my ear. I can't see my call screen right now, so just tell me. Yeah, yeah. Um, text line 885-ESPN, Divinity phone 995-1059. Listen, have you bought your season tickets to see the Bulldogs this fall? Have you bought your season tickets to see – the Rebels play this year? Any? Anyone? Anybody there? Bueller? Anybody bought season tickets? <laughs> All right, listen, there's a lot of people that are not buying season tickets at Ole Miss 
not compared to years past. I did some checking. State is pretty much right on track with what they've done in recent years. Uh, This year, pretty much right on track with last year. So, let me, let me just kind of stumble through this with you, all right? And this is not at all like taking a, looking at an opportunity. It, it ebbs and flows. We've seen years where Ole Miss season tickets were blowing and going. They, couldn't, they could put extra seats in there and sell them. Other years, you're not as excited. That happens at every school. This happens to be that swing down for them, and state's kind of holding steady. Both have had swing ups here in uh, the last decade, a couple of different times. So, you know, it's not looking at a, an opportunity to take a shot. But I'm just curious if you have made a decision that is different. Meaning, are you somebody who you always got season tickets and now you've decided not to? I'd like to know why. You know, your genuine reasoning for that, if you're comfortable. You can text me or call me. Call 995-1059 or text 885-ESPN. Just curious. Or also, have you not bought season tickets in the past, but now you have decided to do it? I know some people that that applies to as well. They never really bought season tickets, but what's happening is every school in the country is looking for ways to make it easier for more fans to access some premium seating, to access some reserve seating. You know, the old days of you got 30,000 season tickets to sell. They are for every single home game, and you just sell all of them. And then, you know, 10,000 people are trying to give tickets away two of the three home games you know, out of the year because they don't go to all of them. You know, now every school is offering all kinds of different stuff to try to you know, get people in there and make it accessible. They're really doing all they can and, and doing a good job. Uh, this is what I saw. So I didn't read the the story, but a friend of mine, Brad Logan, um, who covers Ole Miss, has covered him in the past. And let's see, he's on Twitter, Brad Logan, C-O-T-E. I know you guys probably have heard heard Brad before. Uh, He tweeted, I guess it was yesterday, 2019 Ole Miss season football tickets sold are just over the 30,000 mark. Okay, so they're just over the 30,000 mark. That's according to Keith Carter, who is the interim AD. Last year, 47,170 season tickets were sold. And then two years ago, they were at 54,000 and change. Okay, so let's look at it the other way. In 2017, Ole Miss sold 54,000 season tickets. Last season in 2018, they were down about 7,000, 47,000 and change. And at this point, At the beginning of July, you know, still with two months effectively on the calendar to go until the first game's played, but at this point, they're right at the 30,000 mark. So right now, 
They're a good 17,000 behind where they were last year. they got to make that up. A question. Yeah, let me have it. Now, they, for these numbers from the previous years, these are are final tallies, right? They aren't as That's of exactly this, right. this time in that year. That's so, exactly right. Okay. okay. So, they could be waiting. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Like I said, and, and that's why I'm curious. That, I'll be honest with you. When I've never bought season tickets. So I don't have a personal experience with whether I should get them early or whether you wait or whether it's fine to wait. I don't know if that's on pace or not. I just know those are the numbers. So look at it this way. Get those people on the phone. <laughs> Maybe we could. Yeah. If if they need to make up fifteen to twenty thousand season tickets over the next two months to reach where they were last year, I would think it's safe to go ahead and say they're probably not going to reach where they were last year. You know how many short we'll see. The last no, cycle from 2017 to 18, they were down about 7,000 total. If you want to look at it that way. What were you saying, Roger? Well, so don't, the way I always understood season tickets, people get these tickets and they hold them, on, you know, these, I mean, sure. about real supporters for, you know, then they, and people inherit them. Uh, and I, like in Alabama, but is that not so? so what, I, what I'm thinking is when whenever you see a decline in season tickets, that's that's more than just saying you know what I don't want to go this year. That's kind of like decommitting from the program, yeah, in a, in a way, yeah, turning loose of them and right, yeah, yeah. It's not now. It's not like a, a thing mm-hmm. that I'm really going to put in my. This is you know in my things I'm going to be doing, you know, next year. I'm not I'm not planning my yeah uh, you know my fall around this. And so I mean I I think it's a it's something to be said about those numbers slipping like that. Yeah, but I then, did too. Well, can you and go it's back leadership. to previous years though and see where they slipped until the coach caught traction and no doubt, no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely follows season ticket sales and ticket sales in general. Absolutely, it follows success. You're winning. You're going to bowls. Your excitement. If it's trending up, so are the ticket sales. If it's trending down or stagnant, so are the ticket sales. It's the same thing all over the country. Now, on the other hand, if I understand how it, this is working, it's kind of like real estate. There might be some prime positions opening up out there. Well, that's it. I mean, if there's that many left to be sold, if you're someone you always – You might upgrade. W- well, that's it. You maybe have gotten season tickets. You're up in a corner, but you might be able to get on the 40 now, you know, depending on the cost and that kind of thing. But here's the other thing I was going to point out. So state, for instance – they were at about 47,000 last year. So last year, going into the season, State and Ole Miss were at about the same number of season tickets sold. That's where State was last year. And State's on track for that again this year, kind of holding steady. What's really interesting to me is all the different ways that, like at State, they have change prices in different parts of the stadium, make the upper reaches a little less expensive, make some of the others more expensive. You're kind of moving these seats around and then selling packages within the season ticket packages. So you don't have to buy the whole thing to get people in there for all the games. I'll give you a couple of those details of what they're doing and then get into the countdown. I got a Big 12 team coming up. I saw them in person last year. Y'all stick around.
Ba-da-da-ba-ba. Premier packages. September packages. That's what I was talking about. Okay, we got all right, I'm coming to you. For instance, I saw this today at hailstate.com. You can get a three-game ticket package where you're going to be good seats, reserve seats. They're doing one that's called the Premier Package. Three games over three months for $125. Your three-game package for $125, Kansas State on September 14th, LSU in October, and Ole Miss in November. You can buy a package of tickets, a, a three-game, I guess, mini plan for $125. Bucks, pretty good. And it gets you Kansas State, LSU, and Ole Miss. They have another one that is three games over three weeks for $25 a game. Southern Miss, Kansas State, and Kentucky. They're really pushing that Kansas State game. They are, aren't they? A little worried about attendance. Uh huh. <laughs> Even though it's Kansas State. Yeah. You know, I just thought that's and, and a lot of schools are doing that kind of thing. But you expect them to travel this far. Right. And I can at another time I can get in if anybody's got questions like how schools are kind of changing up where the seating is and what it costs and give you some examples of that. But all in all, and, and you're right, on the text line, you know, you got all the political stuff with Ole Miss and some people are mad about that. You have um, somebody text here and said NCAA violations have some impact on ticket sales. But the truth, if people admit it, is the culture change. You know, and maybe so. But I think more than anything else, the expectation of winning a bunch of games versus not, and expectations aren't always accurate, but but that has a lot to do with it also. I think Ole Miss fans just feel kind of beat up. So their ticket sales are lagging. States are about where they were last year. Last year, both schools were at about 47,000 season tickets. Um, a lot of ground to make up for Ole Miss this year. State's on track um, at this point, holding steady. All right, who's on the phone, Roger? Got Brad. Brad on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Hey, Brad. Hey, how's it going? Just right. How are you? Doing good. Uh, I think it's a combination of a few things. I think you've had, you know, in 2015 season, 2016, you go to a Sugar Bowl. Then the NCAA stuff happens. The fan base doesn't feel like the administration went to bat for them, kind of felt like they rolled over. And then Freeze leaves. They promote from within. Everybody likes Luke, but I don't think the confidence was there. And then last year, they had a talented team, not so much on defense, kind of squandered that. So I think the fan base is just kind of yeah. fed up with it, especially with the you know, there's a lot of premium seats that are open. I think people are just kind of waiting to see those. You know, that's it. Hey, Brad, I think that's a really smart take. And in the last thing you said, you're in wait and see mode. You know, to me, the whole thing in ticket sales and managing that in college athletics, it's about the belief before the results, isn't it? I mean, that's what they've got to do. Is it? It is. They I also, I also, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm interrupting. Okay. I also think that 
you know, everybody likes Matt Luke. He's a great guy. He wasn't a coordinator. And I think either, you know, it may not necessarily have been the right choice, but I think a lot of fans felt like, you know, when we were in this position before, we lucked out and found a young Tommy Tuberville. And if you had gone that direction, even if it hadn't worked out, you still would have injected hope into the fan base. Mm. Hey, give this guy three or four years and what have you. And I just think that by promoting Luke, even though everybody likes him, it's like, well, are we just kind of in a holding pattern right now? You know? Yeah. And it was a tough spot for him to be put in. But I think if you'd gone a different direction, you could have said, look, this guy's an assistant here, a big-time program. He's going to get it done. Sure. And just uh, go with that. You know, I think – People would have said, give this new guy a chance mm-hmm. and see what happens, I think. You know so, what, Brad? What do you think about this theory, too? Now, now this is a little black helicopter-ish, but, but I think it's at least a possibility. The university, especially at that time that all that was happening, was so devoid of good, strong leadership at the very top. And, you know, you had Ross Bjork and an athletics director who – it's pretty – not that Ross ever didn't do his job or was always looking. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it, it was pretty clear that Ross was – He was looking for an exit strategy. And mm-hmm. when – you know, if you had a – if at that time, if you had had a <clears throat> sure enough strong leader at the chancellor position who he knows what he's doing and what he wants to do, and what he wants is going right. to get done, he probably right. tells Ross, go hire somebody. But yeah. I think Ross was kind of floating out there in a in a rubber raft all by himself, and he's like, I'm not fixing to you know, go out here and hire somebody else and then take the first thing smoking out of here. You know, right. that's kind of what I think. I think so, too. You know, I don't, I don't have this confirmed or anything. The, the rumor mill for the last two years has been that supposedly – Ross Bjork wanted Dave Dorian, who's now at NC State, that that was who he wanted, but then he was somehow overruled by Chancellor and maybe a group of other people. I don't know if that's true or not. I know Dave Dorian's name seemed to be a possible choice, but at the same time, like you said, I mean, he's kind of floating around out there, and, you know, he was going like, well, if I don't land another job, it's probably smart to tie my future with a guy that played at Ole Miss, whose brother and dad played at Ole Miss, and the fans do like him. So mm-hmm. if he succeeds, it's like, hey, I made that great call. And, you know, so yeah, I'm not sure if he would have gone with Dorian either way. Yeah, it's <clears throat> a good point. Brad, I appreciate you, man. Don't be a stranger. Call me yeah. back. Okay. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. I think there's uh, all of that is legitimate, you know, and leadership really is everything. And, you know, the other part of it is, too, I think during that time you got Ross Bjork who, you know, in in a lot of ways it's on him. I mean, there's nobody above him that's calling those shots. And because of all the NCAA stuff going on, the pool of candidates was what was much smaller than it normally would have been. All that said, in my belief – they have a good football coach. Now, the the question is, what kind of head coach is Matt Luke going to be? And, and 
you know, head coaches do make a big difference. They do. I mean, there's just a reason where some are, are better than others. But you also have to have everything going on around you the right way. And what else can you expect him to do than to realize he's young and in terms of being a head coach, he's inexperienced. And what else can you expect him to do than to go out and, and attract and figure out a way to hire two high-end coordinators, both of whom have been head coaches in the Power Five? Yeah, I mean, that's a look-in-the-mirror, be-honest-with-yourself approach that I can appreciate because it's not always easy to do that when you get to that level. But it's always the right thing to do. And so now we, get, we see how it plays out. Quarterback's a huge part of it, and they have that uh, element. You know, there's some talent there. It's whether or not, you know, how fast does that um, develop into your scoring touchdowns against SEC defenses? And, again, it's a team game. But I just think that, you know, all of those things, we, we can pretty well look and pretty obviously see the reasons that their ticket sales would be sagging. It'd happen anywhere. You go through – you don't have – you don't know who your chancellor is. Long-term, you don't know who your AD is. And it could be Keith Carter. And he would be a good one, in my opinion. Keith is as sharp as they come. I already really like the interviews and the quotes that I'm seeing from Keith already. Is not pulling any punches. Here's the way it is. Here's what we're doing. You know? It's not an easy situation to be in. But in terms of leadership, it's like they have job openings everywhere. Chancellor, AD, everything. On top of NCAA probation. On top of they lost some games last year. On top of the young coach we're talking. I mean, so it's just a time when, as as Brad said, they're in wait and see. And see, that's it. I mean, the opposite is true of teams who sell their tickets and fill their stadium and have all this excitement is they're not waiting to see anything. They're already planning on the victories and want to just make sure they're there for it. That's the whole key. You know, you think about teams. I mean, State's a good example. When they hired Dan Mullen before they'd beaten anybody, his first year they did enough preaching and <laughs> and campaigning and Coaching that, hey, we, we've got to have the stadium full. State fans went and bought all the tickets before they played a game because they were expecting it, because there was excitement. And I think that's it. A big portion of the Ole Miss fan base is in wait and see. Who knows? They may sell 15,000 more season tickets between now and the end of August. We'll just have to wait and see. All right. That's hour one. Hour two is coming up. And if everything goes according to plan, it'll be Brian Broaddus of the Dallas Cowboys coming up. Stick around. We're never losing to this team again. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.